Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. The experience of shared sexual pleasure is important because it greatly strengthens the bond between partners as long as there's a bond to strengthen. Sex can reinforce romantic love, but it cannot create closeness from thin air. It is the expression of love, not its cause. Sex cannot create self-esteem that is lacking in one or both partners. As a celebration, sex expresses self-value, but it cannot fill the void of non-self-value. Lack of sex or unsatisfying sex often undermines a romantic relationship by weakening the existing bond between partners. Sexual dissatisfaction can undermine feelings of closeness and intimacy and send the relationship on a downward spiral that spreads far beyond sex, especially when one or both partners' frustration and anger leads to progressively less sexual satisfaction for both. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Is your husband or wife driving you crazy? Or your boyfriend or girlfriend? Now's your chance to talk about it with Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls and questions on romance or any personal issue. Call her now, toll free, at 877-DR-KENNER. That's 877-DRK-E-N-N-E-R. Can I get a double pizza burger, chili fries with cheese, and a uh, large chocolate milkshake? I don't know. No matter what I eat, my weight just seems to stay the same. So I just figure, what the hell, I'm going to eat what I want. And that's from Shallow Hal. Do you set goals to perhaps lose weight, and then you feel like you're floundering, you're not making any progress, so you throw in the towel and you say, what the hell? You give up on setting goals to do what? To improve yourself. Well, I started learning Italian, and I was making amazing progress, and what did I do? I let the goals slip, and now I've forgotten much of what I've learned. Whereas if I had studied even 10 minutes a day, I'd have a good deal of Italian on the tip of my tongue, so I'd be speaking to you in Italian now. Goal setting isn't easy, whether it's to set goals, to exercise, or a diet, or maybe connect with friends, or find a romantic partner, or perhaps you want to go back to school or find a new job. We often let ourselves down. Why? Joining me to discuss goal setting is Jean Maroney, and she's the president of Thinking Directions. Jean teaches professionals how to use great thinking skills to solve problems faster, to make decisions, and to get problems finished. And welcome, Jean. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for having me. And so, Jean, what is it about goals? Why do we often set goals and then we just let them die in early death? Well, I think that maybe the definition of setting a goal is a little too narrow. It, people think of it as, well, they just, for a moment, have an intention of, oh, that would be nice. But there's a lot more that goes into actually setting a goal. I think that, that maybe we need to make that be a bigger process that includes planning and troubleshooting and committing to the goal. 
And you haven't set the goal unless you've done all of that. So with my Italian, I went out and I got CDs and I was listening that to them in the car uh, daily and I enjoyed it and it was a great, it just was flowing very nicely and then... I started listening to talk radio and then to music and then to courses and what happened to Italian? It disappeared. It disappeared. So, mm-hmm. so what what types of thinking would be involved? You said planning. What do I need to do to plan? Well, you obviously did some planning because you you bought the t- tapes or the CDs, the CDs and you started right. listening to them. So in fact, you had done a big part of the goal-setting part because you'd actually moved into action. Right. I suspect you probably fell down somewhere on either the troubleshooting or the commitment side. So let's look, take those one at a time. So troubleshooting, why is it, what got in the way of continuing with the Italian? Something got in the way. Um, I came back from Italy and I didn't need it as much anymore. <laughs> that was one big thing. But my daughter-in-law is Italian, so I would love to learn it. But it just took a back seat to other things. Okay, so what what I'm hearing is that in fact the you had a big commitment to it before your trip, right? But then after your trip, your commitment level went down. It went way and, down, and you didn't you didn't take that as an issue. Well, let me think about how to recommit. And what I'm hearing also is that now looking back in hindsight, you wish you had recommit. I wish I had. I wish I had and scale back. I wish I had just done it the 10 minutes a day. The tapes I have are like Italian and 10 minutes a day or something like that. So it wouldn't have been difficult and I can still do it. So talking about it now is helpful too. Yes. Well, that's the great thing about this. As soon as you realize there's a problem, you can do the troubleshooting Right. Do the new planning that you need to do and do the recommitment. And it's clear that what you need now is you need a commitment to continue with the Italian. And and, and this is a, a question for you. Is it worth taking 10 minutes out of your day from something else to be to, to continue back with the Italian? And if it's worth that, well, then you plan when you're going to do that. And also think about what is going to get in the way of your doing that, what what other problems are going to get in the way of that. And if you can figure out what the problems are going to be, you can plan in advance to avoid them. Okay, so if I typically went to the gym and I'm on the treadmill and I use that 10 minutes or something to listen to Italian, that might be a good plan, assuming that I continue doing that. So um, what what happens if there are bigger goals? I mean, Italian is something that is an optional goal for me, but what about for bigger goals, someone wanting to find a romantic partner? Or you can pick a goal, you know, going back to work or changing careers. What about, what types of thinking are involved Involved in those larger goals, and what happens if a person's not making progress? Well, a couple of things. The first is the difference between the things you're talking about, like changing a career or finding a romantic partner, is it's not as clear-cut how to achieve those goals. With Italian, it's easy because there are people who are in the business of giving you step-by-step instructions. Very good, yes. Right? If you just listen to these tapes, you will learn Italian. Right. Right. Whereas in the case of finding a new career or finding a romantic partner, you can get advice from people, but ultimately that is a creative problem-solving process that you need to do for yourself. Right, so you can't do it in 10 minutes a day. Although, I mean, I, I, we talked about this at, at other times. I'm actually a big believer on these 
on what seem like intractable problems that you don't know the answer to. Right. I'm a big believer in putting 15 minutes of thinking on paper on them a day, which over a period of time really starts you thinking about what are the issues what are the problems? And it gets you percolating on these issues and seeing opportunities, which, you know, one 15 minute doesn't do anything, but 15 minutes every morning for uh, three months can right. make a huge difference. Right. I remember a while back, um, I've taken many of your classes. I love your classes, people. You can go Thank to thinkingdirections.com for Jean's classes, and we'll say that again later. Um, but I remember you said spend 15 minutes in one of your exercises or something along those lines just writing about a goal you have. And I said, well, I want to clean up a room that I have that's a loft that's very messy. It's all, got all my kids' stuff from growing up. And, and you said, well, spend time thinking about it. It's like, well, I don't want to spend time thinking about it on paper. You're crazy, Jean. I just want to do it, you know? And instead, I took the time to do the exercise and think on paper. And man, I had already primed my subconscious. I went up and started cleaning the room. And guess when I ended? <laughs> the thing was when perfectly clean. And I want to give you a hug. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is amazingly good. So what other tips can you give? What if you do have a goal, say going back to the gym, we'll shift goals here mm -hmm. and you let it lapse. How do you get back on track with yourself? I guess that you did that with Italian, but we can, you can talk a little bit more about that. Right. Well, I think there are two things. One is, and, and I'm telling you, part of this is coming from a book that you recommended, which is Changing for Good by Prochaska and his associates. Right. If you need to, when you have a slip-up like that, you need to be, first of all, benevolent toward yourself, that this doesn't mean that you're giving up on the goal. It just means that there is a particular obstacle to achieving that goal that you hadn't figured out how to get around in advance. And I think it's very important when you're trying to improve yourself it's very important to hold that context of I'm doing a good job, I'm, I'm a good person for trying this, and if I slip up, well, I'm going to look at, I'm going to discover some new thing that's getting in the way, and oh, I get to problem solve that. If you can keep that benevolent attitude toward yourself and toward the things that get in the way, you can avoid the demotivation trap, which is the guilt trap of, oh, I'm no good because I screwed up. And, right. and that's very important. Motivation right. is very important in getting back on that horse. So, and I love the word obstacles because I think of an obstacle course. Can you give your website and contact information? And I highly recommend going to Jean's website. Thanks, Ellen. My website is thinkingdirections.com. And you can email me if you have questions, jm at thinkingdirections.com. And sign up for my free newsletter there. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jean. Thanks, Ellen. Thanks for having me. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by Drs. Kenner and Locke. We believe that many, if not most, sex problems, in quotes, are not at root sex problems, but rather relationship problems. Typically, couples who enter therapy with sexual problems, in quotes, soon discover that underlying the tension or breakdown in the sexual relationship are a multitude of unresolved and often unidentified conflicts or resentments. Also, partners rarely know how to develop a couple's style of intimacy, a style of sexuality that is mutually satisfying. 
Partners develop a couple style when they have clearly communicated what is arousing and pleasing, and together they come up with a variety of methods of sexual pleasuring that integrate both partners' needs and are not off-putting to either one. As partners learn each other's intimacy preferences, they come up with their own style. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Hey, Michelle, what did Jamie's teachers have to say at PTA tonight? Great, except for math. Jamie's math teacher says that she spaces out during class and that she failed her last algebra exam. That's a big problem. Mm, We went through the same thing with Kevin. But thanks to Math Made Easy, he's made a complete turnaround. I've heard about Math Made Easy. How does it work? They've got these terrific video reviews in all levels of math with dynamic teachers who engage students with easy-to-follow explanations. With Math Made Easy, students control the pace of their learning. Math Made Easy even comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. Wow, I have nothing to lose. Right. Math Made Easy is a proven tool that will boost Jamie's grades and her confidence. It's an affordable alternative to pricey tutoring. Here, let me text the number to you. It's 1-800-USA-MATH. Or you can visit mathmadeeasy.com. Math Made Easy. 1-800-USA-MATH. 1-800-872-6284. Now is the time to unleash the power of your mind and start feeling amazing. Boost your confidence, lose weight, stop smoking, release stress, and more. Visit beyondhypnosis.org and experience how hypnotherapy merged with light and sound technology can take you to higher levels of emotional and physical well-being. That's beyondhypnosis.org. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. Emotional intimacy is the most fundamental prerequisite for sexual interest and arousal and pleasure in a successful long-term relationship. Emotional intimacy is a feeling of psychological closeness to your partner and the result of the quality of the whole relationship. Attraction and desire are greatest when you feel visible to your partner. You selfishly value your partner and are selfishly valued in return. You understand the causes of your love. You work toward making yourself lovable. You choose the right partner. You feel understood and valued, and you communicate well. You also feel that your partner is emotionally and openly expressive in ways that create a positive emotional climate. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com, and you can buy the book at amazon.com. This is Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls right now. Do you have a question on romance, work, parenting, leisure activities, any personal issue? Call me now, toll free, at 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's 1-877-DR-KENNER. And I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. 
I'm a clinical psychologist, and I'm here to answer your questions on anything that's troubling you. Maybe it's problems with your kids or your in-laws, or maybe it's problems with yourself. You procrastinate, or you feel disorganized. Your house is filled with clutter. Maybe it's problems in a romance, uh, or maybe it's problems at work. Pick up the phone and give me a call. And although it's not therapy, it's an opportunity for you to get some tips that might turn you in a different direction, a better direction. Here's a question from Jay. Hi, Dr. Kenner. My girlfriend Jessica is overweight and has been since we started dating three months ago. Recently, I find myself being less aroused by her. Is there anything I can do to encourage her to lose weight and lead a healthier lifestyle? Or do I just have to learn to live with it or let her go? Jay. So, Jay, here's the problem. Weight is a really, really tricky issue. People overeat for a multitude of reasons. People overeat because maybe it's stress management. Maybe there are family dynamics from childhood. You know, eat, eat, eat. If you love me, you'll eat, eat. I, you know, there are people starving wherever in the world you want. Eat, eat. Or it could be just uh, to avoid sex. Maybe they don't like sex with the partner and they eat to make themselves less attractive. So there are all sorts of reasons that people remain overweight. And of course, once you've built it into a habit, you're eating all the potato chips, you're eating the chocolate cake, you're eating the spaghetti, pasta, 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 and it's really hard to break a habit. So, you know, I'm not saying it's easy for Jessica to lose weight and she may not even want to. The question, you know, I have multiple questions for you because um, your question is, what do I do? Do I learn to live with it or do I let her go? And you, the, one of the questions is, when you first started dating three months ago, were you attracted to her sexually? And if so, what's changed? Has she put on more weight? Or have you seen a lot of skinny people around and just wish she would lose weight? Have you seen her naked and said, oh, my God, I didn't realize this is what it looked like? You know, what is going on? Is there anything else that's going on in the relationship? Maybe you're saying it's weight, but maybe there are other things that are just not working. It's very hard for couples to communicate about sex, even in this very very open climate about sex, it's hard for people to say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Will you try this a little differently? Or I really don't like it when you do that. Can we never do that again? It's hard for couples to figure out a couple size style, excuse me, couples style of sexuality. And if you, if that's the issue, you can talk with one another. If you're dealing with the weight itself, let me get right to that. Romance just doesn't work if you're physically turned off by your partner. You know, you can't put a, a what do you call it? They say a paper bag over the head while you're making love. But in this case, if you're not liking her physique, you know, you can't put a, a, a big covering over her while you make love and fake that it's somebody else. So weight can be a relationship breaker. So it really is, how do you address this issue? When my husband and I were first married, I wanted to, I wanted to be a housewife. I mean, I worked too. I, but I love the idea of setting up a home and cooking and cooking gourmet foods with lots of butter, lots of pasta, lots of yummy, delicious chocolate cakes and all sorts of cookies. And he's going to want them now. And guess what happened within the first year, within the first 
first year, my husband gained 20 pounds. 20 pounds is quite a hunk of uh, a hunk of weight to put on. And if I looked in the mirror myself, I had put on some weight. Now, I don't tend to be overweight, but even with all that cooking, I put on what, what was uh, the most I've ever weighed. If I told you, you'd say, oh, come on, Ellen, get over it. Uh, but, if, you know, we looked at one another, and we both agreed that we were not as sexually attracted to one another. We had the conversation. I didn't have a microphone. <laughs> I would, I would, I don't, we, we weren't recording it back then, and obviously people don't record these conversations. But So I don't know exactly what we said, but I can tell you that I don't think my husband ever shamed me. I don't think he ever said, you look disgusting. I think he might have said, uh, you know, you're a little less attractive that way. And I might have said the same thing to him, you know, when he's got the rolls on the belly, which, by the way, he doesn't have now. Fast forward many years. We both had a very good effect on one another in that the way we communicated that that weight was an issue felt supportive. And we both ended up eating healthier and exercising more and as I just mentioned a moment ago fast forward many years and I'm 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 as thin as I've been in my teens and my husband is in very good shape we're both in very good shape for our age but we built better habits and you know that takes effort that takes a lot of stumbles along the way so uh, you cannot force your partner to change your girlfriend Jessica to change she owns her body her eating and exercise habits are her own. If you try to force her, which you might have already tried to do, I don't know, Jay, I don't know if that's your style, that that doesn't bode well for romance. Because if you're telling me, Ellen, you need to lose weight or I just don't find you sexy, not only do I feel very anxious and inadequate, but now I feel like uh, I'm at risk of losing a huge value and I feel like I'm a pig or, or you know, I might shame myself or be very self-critical. So losing weight is an art. It's a skill. It's a science. There's, there is a book, the Beck, I think it's called the Beck Diet Plan that you could, she could get if she wanted it, but you can't push that on her. If you are really unattracted to her, you have every right to leave. In our book, that I wrote a book with uh, Dr. Edwin Locke, L-O-C-K-E. It's The Selfish Path to Romance, How to Love with Passion and Reason. And we talk about appearance and health and fitness. And of course, the word selfish there doesn't mean the mean, rotten way to romance. It means the self-nurturing, self-valuing, self-respecting, self-esteem way to romance. Both partners win and you cherish each other. So our book, if you're interested in that at all. We have how to make yourself lovable um, and how to find the right partner and how to keep romance going over a period of time. And we talk about sexuality. That's the selfish path to romance. You can get it at amazon.com or selfishromance.com. We have a website set up just for that. And that's, that's what I can say about weight. I am very happy that I go to the gym now. In fact, that was one of my gifts. I don't know if it was for my 50th. It's for my 50th or 55th birthday. Every year I give myself 
yourself a gift. This year it's to clean the house so you can hold me to that. But a few years ago, I gave myself a birthday gift of getting fit, going to the gym more regularly. And I had some starts and stumbles. You know, I didn't go all the time. But man, I built it into a habit over time. And I do go weekly. I go at least uh, once or twice a week. I'm very happy for that. And you can make those changes in your life. Think of a gift you'd like to give yourself and you don't have to wait for your birthday. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. You can give me a call with your question. Toll free 1-877-DRKENNER. 1-877-DR-KENNER. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. A common mistake many women make is to view their male partner's passion and frequent advances as purely a physical urge rather than as a desire for mutual intimacy. A physical urge is often a loving emotional desire for closeness. When the relationship is a good one, being sexually desired is a great compliment and should be taken as such. What the partner is saying is, it is through you and no one else that I I choose to take my pleasure to celebrate my life and to express my love. What greater compliment could one have from a romantic partner? In contrast, being rejected means I do not value closeness and intimacy with you. You're not that important to me. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com. You're listening to Illuminations. Healthy food for the mind, body, and soul. 